What's the trip outside report there, cat? Two squirrels. <laughs> wet, wet, yeah. wet. Rain, rain, rain. Couple of birds. Recording. Recording. Recording is active. Recording? Actively recording. Peaks and pops. Peaks and pops. Sips and bites. Wait, no. (laughs) Chomps and chews. Hey, dear listener. Thanks for coming by. It's been a while. I know it's been a while. If you're listening to this in three or four years from now, uh, it will not have been a while because you've probably just rolled over from the last episode. Right, just binging us. Yeah, here in the present right now, it's been a few weeks. We've been gone, uh, but we're we're back. We've been in uh, Reno, Reno, Nevada, visiting uh, some family there, not gambling, not losing all of our money. Uh, we are we are smarter than that. We save that for uh, Vegas, for trying to uh, trying to get the that guy on the street with the three card Monty, uh, and taking uh, getting getting his money. Paul was very, very certain that he knew where the uh, the queen was. I said, no, Paul, you I, definitely don't. I was you so, definitely do I not know where the queen is. I had is. him. He gave, <laughs> look, man, he had such good odds. that like, All I had to do was just, just 50 bucks. I would have got that money back. I'm sure of it. So what we have here for episode 10 is a nice little theme that we like to call uh, anything you can do. I can do better. No, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> how how far are we going to take that? Because I know about, more of it. That's all I know. That's it. <laughs> Fair. And all I know from that is from a commercial or something I used to see. That song is from Annie Get Your Gun, oh. which was the very first play that I was in in we middle school. We have a picture of that in a frame down in the basement. That's why we have that. That's excellent. There you go. So uh, now, dear listener, you now know a little bit more about the layout of our house. Please. There's a basement. Please do not. Please do not heist us. <laughs> now that you know, now that you know the layout. So what we have here is games that involve uh, more or less climbing. I play something, you play something better, and then I play something better until finally someone has to pass. We have Haggis. We have uh, a game called Compromat. Uh, we have Shot and Totten. And then we also have Lost Cities, which I mention only because, as you'll hear, we feel that Shot and Totten is kind of this blend of Haggis and Lost Cities. And if we were going to mention Lost Cities, it's literally just sitting there on our shelf being like, hey, aren't you, aren't you playing us? You haven't played us in a while? So we figured we'd just throw it in here, throw it a bone, and, uh, and include it in our, in our little two-player climbing episode. So that's it. I think uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna get the ladder. We're gonna climb on up to the uh, the top to the roof up here. Stepping on each other all the way as we do. <laughs> we're gonna spread our wings, and we are going to launch ourselves right into our first segment. So here we go. Previously on Two Most Difficult. Listen here, laddie. The dwarves that came before us, they dug deep. Well, Laura, I I think I have an apology to make. I'm prepared to, to receive your apology. To all, well, not to you. Oh. I don't It's never to me. It's <laughs> It's cuz I never do anything wrong to you. Mm. It is to all of the Scottish people. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, For apparently um apparently when you when you don't put enough 
time and effort with your dialect coach into your Scottish accent. Or any. It, it can offend certain people. And uh, so what I would like to do now is I'd like to take this moment to apologize to all of those who may have been offended by my actions. You mean your accents. <laughs> uh, there we go. That was my fully sincere apology. Uh, there will be no further attempts at any kind of Scottish accent as we discuss uh, the next game here on our table, which is Haggis. Now, I have to say, the fact that you are resisting the accent when the box is literally plaid. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it looks like it looks like a kilt on a box. It does. Yeah. Haggis. It's impressive. By Sean Ross from Indie Boards and Cards. Let's start by uh, talking about what it is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Haggis is a trick-taking game. Trick-taking game. Man, these are starting to fill up our shelves here. Uh, they don't take up that much space. They don't take up that much. Yeah. But uh, they're starting to fill up the game list. This is, uh, is a trick-taking game, but it's kind of a weird, different genre of trick-taking game. Most of the time when we think of a trick-taking game, we think of suits and trumps and that kind of stuff. Everyone plays one card and yeah, goes around. Yeah. This is more of a climbing game. Yeah. Everyone plays a set of cards. Yeah. Or, and by everyone, I mean we play it as a two-player game. It, it is a two-player game. has a three-player version, but we haven't tried that. But uh, it's really, I feel like it's meant for two players. So mostly it's a back and forth. Yeah. Uh, of trying to one up the other's play. Yeah. Kind of like war, I suppose, in that way. Yeah, it's a climbing game where I play something and then you try to play it better and then I try to play it better and then you try to play it better until someone can't play it better. And then that person has won the trick and then that person leads the next trick and go back and forth, back and forth until someone goes out. Until someone goes out. So someone uses all their cards. So there are four suits when you play with two players. There's a fifth yep. suit if you play with three. Yep. Banish it to the box to never be used. Two through ten plus jack, queen, king. Yep. And at the beginning of each round, yep. you will be dealt how many of those cards? Sixteen? Fourteen. Fourteen. It's a bunch. Yeah. It's a big old hand. Yep. Both players will get 14 cards and the other eight, eight yep. are the... Haggis. I did it. I did it without getting Scottish. I have a feeling Ooh. that you're going to say that word a couple more times. Tonight. I'm going to try. I'm little beads of sweat are forming on my, on my forehead right now, but we're going to get through this. <laughs> so in your hand, yeah. you have this entire set of cards to work with. You will not be replenishing them. Nope. You basically need to assess from the get go kind of what you but you're looking at there. Yep. You're going to have a whole bunch of twos through tens in your hand in different mm -hmm. in those different suits. Oh, true. The Jack, Queen, King are in front of you. They're in front of you, but they still count as part of your hand, which will be important later. <sighs> yeah. Let's talk about the kinds of things that you can play. Okay. Single cards. I start with a two. That means you got to play a single card. Maybe you got to play something higher. We could do pairs, trips. You could do all four if you want. You could do four eights. You could just lay down four eights. So one of a kind, two of a kind, three of a kind, four of a kind. What else? Uh, you've got sequences. Mm. You could two, three, four. Got to be the same suit, though. Same suit. Yep. Two, three, four, same suit. Two, three, four, five, six, same suit. You could do sequences and pairs. They have to be the, those same suits, though. So like two, three, four in one suit, and then two, three, four in another suit together. Right there on the table. Probably not getting countered. Probably not getting climbed up on. That's a good play. 
playing a, a double sequence like that. It's pretty good. Never done it, but uh, I'm sure it is. It'll feel great if I ever do it. I think I did that one of these games. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, so all of these swirling possibilities yeah. reach you when you first look at these 14 <laughs> cards in your hand. Yeah. What, what am I looking at? Am I looking at several sets of pairs? Am I looking at a couple of different runs of different lengths? Ah! Uh-huh. And then, as Paul mentioned earlier, the gameplay is one person leading with one of those many kinds of things. Yeah. And the other person following, if possible, with that same category of things, but better. So if it's singles or doubles or triples, it's all pretty straightforward. You know, I've got two of a kind of twos and you've got two of a kind of eights then yeah and then i tr- i come back and oh no two of a kind of tens whoo that's the highest number paul can't possibly take this hand but then i'll drop the bomb that's the other thing the bomb so here's the thing about the bomb uh the bomb is most of the time going to be played as the result of uh two of these three face cards that that we mentioned earlier that you have laid out in front of you a jack a queen and a king the jack, the queen, and the king are wild, so you can put them with a 10 to make a pair of 10s. You could put two of them with a 10 to make three 10s. You could stick one in the middle of a sequence. Two, three, jack, six, seven, eight, and now you've got yourself a sequence. I think you skipped some more numbers there. Let's try that again. Two, three, jack, queen, six, seven, eight. Nope. One, one more. One more time. <laughs> Why don't you reduce the number that you start in with again? You could have two, three, jack, queen, six, seven, eight. There you go. You did it. (laughs) Uh, But that's the one use for these face cards is that they can be wild cards. Uh, What you can't do is lay three of them down and call that a sequence. That's just not going to work because when you play two of these wild cards together, maybe a jack and a queen or a queen and a king or the jack and the king, that's a bomb. And a bomb means that you win the trick. You flat out win the trick. Unless someone uh, bombs you with something better. There's even a hierarchy of bombs. Yep. There's jack and queen, uh, but then there's queen king. That'll that'll beat uh, jack queen bomb. There's and then there's jack queen king. Uh, yeah, there's just so many, so many bombs. But the point is you bomb something that you can't beat. Uh, and, and that's fine because it means that you get to keep the lead so you can keep your momentum going. The catch is if you bomb something, those cards go to the other player. And that's important because some of these cards, the odd ones specifically, three, five, seven, nine, all are worth one point each. And then the face cards, these wild cards are worth uh, what, two, two, three, three or and, five. Two, three, and five. Uh, and that matters because once everything is done and the dust is settled and the smoke is cleared, someone will have gone out first. And that is the end of the round. And that's where big thunderous bagpipes play. Because if you're left with cards in your hand when someone goes out, those cards are going to be worth mega points to the player who did go out. So the idea is that you want to clear your hand as fast as possible, even if you don't think you're going to go out. You still want to clear your hand because you don't just want to give those points to your opponent. Uh, Additionally, there is a bet that can be made. At the top of the round, before you've played any cards at all, you can make a small bet of 15 points or you make a big bet of 30 points saying, I think I'm going to go out first. 
I'm never confident enough to use that. I think I may have done it once, but but those are gonna be all the places you get points. You get points from cards that you've captured during normal gameplay. Oh, I won this trick. I'm gonna take all those cards, put them in my little scoring pile. And both players will get to score the cards that they have taken, yeah. even the loser. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's no like only the winner scores kind of thing going on here. So both players will get to score the cards that they captured during gameplay. Then the person who went out gets to score five points for every card in their opponent's hand at the time they went out, including those wild cards that are face up on the table. Because like I said, those are part of your hand. And then also you get to reach over and take the haggis. You get to open up the haggis and look inside and score any points for cards that are inside the haggis. Uh, and then those bets, 15 or 30. And, and you, can get, you can get a lot of points here when that happens. If you go out early and someone has like six cards in their hand, that's some big, big points. So you play until 250 points for the short game, 350 for the long game, 1,000 if you are you know, on a 12-hour flight and have nothing better to do. Maybe you've seen everything that the in-flight entertainment has to offer. You've watched uh, you know, Avengers Endgame three times already. And, and you feel like strangling your partner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's it. It's a climbing game, two-player climbing game. Uh, it plays quick. I think I think we can get through a game in you know easily twenty minutes if we if we really just you know yeah are, are hustling and and that's it. it doesn't take up a lot of table space comes in a nice little tiny box what do you think about it <sighs> why don't we why don't we say what I think about it first give you a chance to kind of choke down those no maybe we should end on a positive note maybe i should just start now okay go for it i really don't like this game (laughs) and i like trick-taking games i know you do you're good at them oh boy and i like teach you this game i think where it loses me is the just infinite possibilities you are presented with (laughs) when you first get your hand and i will say i was terrible at it like literally could not win a hand <laughs> initially until oh, man, those paul... were good times <laughs> i like that until paul said uh, how do you how do you sort your cards there and i was sorting by suit he's like try sorting by a number and i did and that really opened up a new door for me it made it a little bit easier to see the possibilities but there's just so much i don't <laughs> understand how anybody could could look at this and think oh i'm definitely gonna go out first unless you have some kind of magical hand that's like yeah you're looking at two moves and you can lay everything down, but it's so unpredictable when your opponent's going to bomb and therefore you'll lose control. If you have a plan, the plan goes out the door as soon as you lose control, because then you have to start looking at your own cards the way that your partner is looking at their cards. So maybe I was looking at my cards as a bunch of runs and all of a sudden you start pulling out triple things. I'm like, well, shoot, (laughs) I wasn't looking at triples. I was looking at these runs and now I'm going to mess up all my runs. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want, you don't want messed up runs. I'll tell (laughs) you. So a few things, I have a few things to take from that. Uh, First off, love the impression of me. Very good. Like nice little, nice high pitched voice, (laughs) kind of a little bit. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, Two, I absolutely adore uh, that, that you continually refer to your opponent as your partner. Uh, Cause that's what we are. We're partners in this together, and we play these games. And even though, even though uh, one of us is beating the other handily, we're still partners. We're all partners in this endeavor. Uh, number three is I'm over here laughing because I had mentioned this to you earlier. Uh, you are what I would describe as a very chill person. You don't really have super strong opinions about things. 
specifically things you don't like. You love the things you love, but the things you don't like, at best, you'll get like a, nah, I don't really care for it. This game had you so mad, had you so, so, so mad until I gave you that tip. I came over to you and I went, eh, just like you said. Just like that. <laughs> and then you started winning. And my dear, it went from like 150 points on my end to like 30 points on your end. And by the time we were done with this most recent game, it was literally 222 to 223. It was neck and neck, <laughs> but that didn't make me like it any better. That's, okay, the that's thing. fine. So, that's fine. okay, dear listener, if you are the kind <laughs> of person who a is a little bit naturally good at games uh-huh. and b really likes to have some kind of a plan going yeah. into a game, then this game is just not for you. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's just so full of possibility in a way that I find overwhelming and discouraging <laughs> there's a quote that comes to mind here a great uh, great figure in sports uh diplomatic presence very even-handed individual you might know him by the name of uh, mike tyson and uh he has a quote uh, which is uh, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth that is exactly how i feel about this game uh, and i kind of like it i kind of i don't know i kind of i kind of think it's fun to think you have a plan and then it just gets blown away after the f- after the first two tricks and then you just how desperately how am i going to cobble this together cuz you feel like a cardmancer when you pull it off i like it uh, but i respect that you don't i respect why you don't and and look if i'm going to play a two player game with with my with my better half, I'm going to play a game that she likes or that, that at least where the average amount of like is not where it is because one of us loves it and the other one hates it. I'd rather, I'd rather have some more of, a, of an even measurement here of, of how much we like the game. Uh, I, think, I think we'll keep it around until it's time to clear off the shelf because I, maybe I can find someone who uh, would like this copy of the game. I'd hate to just like throw it away. Specifically, because you can't buy it anymore. So if this game sounds great, dear listener, if you think you would like it, unfortunately, you can't really buy it anymore. I did a little research. The developer, Sean Ross, doesn't seem bothered by that. He literally said a couple of years ago, I've been meaning to get a new publisher for the game, but I've had other more important priorities. So we're going to clue you in, dear listener, on a little secret on how you can get your hands on this game if you can't find it for a reasonable price. And let me tell you, $75 on eBay, not a reasonable price. Four suits. Yeah. Two through 10 plus Jack, Queen, King. Okay, all right, got it. Hmm. What is that What do they make? Do they make things like that? Oh, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get on an airplane. You're going to buy a plane ticket. No, you're going to do it in the other order. You're going to buy a plane ticket. Then you're going to get on the airplane. You're going to go to Las Vegas, and you're going to break into the Stratosphere Casino under cover of night and you're going to lift out one of those boxes of things that they use at the blackjack table. What are they? Security Poker cameras. <laughs> no. Cards. That's what you're going to get. You can get yourself a packet of cards. Uh, maybe there's a cheaper way to get yourself a pack of cards. And then if you want to play a three player version of it, knock yourself out, get yourself an identical pack of cards, maybe get a, a Sharpie and just like put an X through two through 10 on one of those. So there's your fifth suit, right? No problem at all. Don't have to worry about the Jack Queen Kings because they always stay out on the table. Those don't have to get folded into anything. That's our little DIY corner here. 
Uh, I would highly encourage you to buy it uh, in a way that ensures the designer gets their money uh, that they are entitled to. But if you just can't, I would recommend uh, not paying $75 on the secondhand market and instead maybe just uh, throwing a little deck together and waiting for the day when it actually comes out. Because I'll tell you something, when it comes out and you're able to get your hands on it, it'll be great. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-oh. Oh no, I couldn't resist, and now they found me. I I gotta go. I gotta get on an airplane and buy a plane ticket. No, wait, I keep forgetting the order to do that. Laura, I've lost something. I've lost some I've lost some things multiple things can you do you think you can help me that's crazy because usually i'm the one losing things and you know where they are yeah can we just can we skip past that part where you go oh ho, 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 the tables have turned <laughs> and just help me find what i'm looking for so it's not my car keys mm-hmm. i got those not my wallet or my phone oh yeah i like what else does a person need i don't know but i maybe you can help me is it your pants okay i've lost two things <laughs> One is, uh, a, 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 yeah, uh, that, and the other is a whole bunch of other things. Uh, collectively, maybe you've seen them. Mm. They're a group of cities. Have you've, you s- you've lost your city? I've lost my city. I've lost cities. So these items that we're talking about would be your lost cities. They'd be my lost cities. And, mm. and I, I, need, <laughs> I need to find them. I bet you, I bet you that I can find them before you do, though. What do you think? I, I bet that I can have more of the higher numbers. Oh my goodness. That's it. I'm, I'm pulling the ripcord on this bit. We're done. <laughs> Here we go. Awkward transition to Lost Cities. Lost Cities. Dun, da, 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 da. It is a, uh, it, man, this is a, this is a stalwart game. It's a venerable game. You know. Those are a couple of good words, Paul. Thanks. I've been, I've been eating my dictionaries. You know it's a good game when they tell you how many copies have sold on the box. And this game has sold more than 260,000 copies. While I do find that a strangely specific number. Indeed. Um, that's nothing to sneeze at at all. So uh, Lost Cities, it must have sold 260,000 copies for a reason. And uh, we've brought it here to our table to talk about today. What's, uh, what's in the box? This is a new edition. Cool new high-impact font. Anyone who might remember the old version, it's a little, a little dusty. A couple of the, uh, the explorers kind of standing there in front of a pyramid, kind of a static static shot. It was, it, at the time, it was hand-painted, but this, we got this new box. It shimmers with excitement. It does. Look at this. Look how much excitement he's having staring at that map. What's inside the box? Large format cards. Yeah. In... Dare I say, Jewel Hughes again? <laughs> you dare. These big tarot-sized cards—they come in uh, five flavors. Although this new version does have a sixth flavor, a delicious, juicy purple, that we uh, that we have not played with yet. Uh, but you can add it into your game. But for us, the classic five flavors is all we need. Uh, you've got here. You've got some. You got some cards. They come in in these five colors. They come in uh, two through ten. And then every color also has three little handshake cards. And the object is to play as many cards of a given color from two to 10 in climbing order to get 
mega points. We got to be able to score over the threshold in that color. Otherwise, those cities will get lost again and you'll never find them. And the threshold is 20 points and your points are just from the numbers on the cards that you've played. And you might think, well, 20 points is insane. That's real easy. But, all right, that's easy. Yeah. That's like a 10 and a 9 and anything else, yeah. right? Yep. Uh-huh. Mm. But if you're starting on, you know, because you have to start small and work up. Yes. If you're starting with a 2, yeah. that 20 is very far away. <laughs> it sure is. And starting with a 9 is bad. because You'll next, never get there. You'll never get to start with, you play an 8? No, can't play an 8. You got to go 9. You got to go 10. And that's it. You're a point in the hole after just those two cards and you can't climb any further out. So let's lay out the specifics of how yeah. the game is played. As far as initial setup, you have this uh, board in between you and your opponent. Ah, I see. Not to be confused <laughs> with your partner. Could, those are different roles it could be in your both. life. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, it's both. Uh, but you've got this board in the middle that tells you where to play the certain colors. So when you're playing with a five color version, the shorter, uh, the shorter game, you've got gold, silver, blue, green, red. If you flip it over, there's also a purple one as well. Yeah. And you've got a draw pile with all those cards that we mentioned, two through 10 of every color, plus three handshake cards in every color as well. At the beginning of the game, each of you is dealt eight cards. And then the rest of it is a draw stack. So everything will come out Yep. sooner or later. Card counters. Card counters love this game. <laughs> and it's very simple. You just play a card, draw a card. Play a card, draw a card. Can I play draw the card? card I just played? When you play a card, you can yeah. play to your side, meaning okay. you got to play under one of these color squares on the middle board here according to the color card that you play. Can I put a red and a green? According to the color that you play. Okay, good. So no. 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 Okay, Whew. let me mark um, that off. <laughs> Or you can discard to the actual board itself, and then you draw. When you draw, you can either draw from the as-of-yet-unseen deck. Yeah, secrets. Or you can draw one of the visible discard piles in the middle on the board. So you put down that You put down that, that eight that I'm looking for and just take it. Yes. You cannot discard and then pick up the same card to stall. Oh. <laughs> But what if I want to? It's not sportsmanlike and it's against the rules. Yeah, okay. That's fair. So that's it. When you play, you play to your side, you play to the board. When you draw, you draw from the board or you draw from the draw pile. And that's it. It seems so simple. It is. It's very simple. It's a very simple game. Very easy. Very easy to lose. <sighs> uh, because you say, oh yeah, sure. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start those greens right now. I'm surely going to get an 8, 9, or a 10 by the end of the game. And then you don't. Uh, especially if you've thrown a couple of handshakes in there. We haven't talked about the handshakes yeah, yet. Yeah, what are handshakes, Paul? Handshakes are things you put down before you start putting down any numbers. The first handshake you put down for a color, that doubles your total. Uh, the next handshake you put down, that'll triple your total, and the next one will quadruple your total. What? But here's the thing. Even if your total is negative, it'll still get double, tripled, or quadrupled. So if you put down three handshakes thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to get over 20 points in that color, easy, and then you don't, you end up with minus five points, you've done uh, double, triple, quadruple, you're 20 points in the hole, even though you put a bunch of cards in there, you dummy. Don't do that. Unforgiving game. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. Uh, I, I like it a lot. There's a reason it sold uh, 200 and, oh, 
Sorry, the weird, the number on this box just changed. It now says 270,000 copies sold. Uh, man, that's some crazy technology they have. I, t I told you this box was new. It's a new edition. There's a reason it sold so many copies. It's a good game. It's one of Herr, Herr Doctor. Is that how you say it? That's what we've been saying, yes. Herr Doctor Knizia. It's one of his earliest games, I believe. And, uh, and, and there's a reason everyone mentions it in their list of, of great two-player games. I think it's been long enough to where it might not be in people's top 10 anymore, but it's definitely, uh, if you don't have any games in your collection, especially you don't have any two-player games, or you're looking for that really good one, you could do a lot worse than Lost Cities. I like it. I like it a lot. And I'm sure Laura likes it a lot, too. I do like it a lot. <laughs> oh, really? But boy, oh, boy. <laughs> there were some F-bombs coming out when we were not recording. So... This game took me several rounds to be competent at. Several. Several. Maybe many, even. Isn't that, What's is, a step up from that? Isn't a, a butt ton. Maybe even a butt ton. <laughs> it, there was a lot of trial and error on this one for me. So one of the things that I find very difficult about this game is the first few plays. So when you're looking at your hand of eight cards, if you happen to have 20 points of anything, you are extremely lucky. It's unlikely to yeah. happen. Yep. So you have to take a look at these cards that you have and figure out if you're going to play to your side of the board, then you're already making a commitment about what you're going to try to do. And it's so tough to do because you either have to start with a handshake, meaning you're now betting on succeeding with that, or you start with you know, maybe a low number, because maybe you've got a high number of that same color, so you're just hoping to fill in the gaps there. Yeah. But you don't get the handshake. <laughs> the handshake has to come first. Yeah. Oh, boy, it's so tough. And you also you know, don't really want to discard something that might be a super convenient launching point for your opponent. It's tough. The first few commitments that you make are really nail biters. Yep. I like to call them, I like to call them the clenchers. Because you, you go, oh, okay, I'll put down two handshakes in a color that I have a six and a seven in. Because maybe I could just find an eight or a nine and, and maybe it won't be so bad. Oh, boy. Yeah. But I also, one of the reasons why I kept losing in the first several was that I was loathe to commit and yeah. i i ended up putting a lot more of my plays into the middle giving them to not only giving them to you i mean that yes but also just not committing them for myself not getting any points for myself yeah. fear of commitment is definitely definitely something that uh, plagues a lot of people um but this game this game can definitely help you get over it because you just <laughs> you gotta go. suck it up just suck it up it's and a commit. therapy game folks <laughs> yeah there's a reason two hundred ninety thousand people really like playing it yeah, it ultimately is a very, very good game. Yeah. And it always feels great when you hit a stride towards the middle of the game where you know what you're going to do. Yeah. You don't have to fret. Your opponent has already committed to a few colors, so you can casually and comfortably discard the lower numbers yeah. that they've already yeah. surpassed. You just you just put it into into fourth gear and just, just you're just cruising. Yeah, it's great. But then oh, you get wait, to the what? end. And mm. I would recommend that... <laughs> That it's bumpy again. Our dear listener does the same thing that you do when oh. we play this game, which is to fan out the remaining <laughs> yeah. draw cards. You can see how many are left. Yeah. It makes a big difference because as you get to the end of the game, then your strategy transitions to, 
what cards do I still need to get out yep. so that I can hit that 20 number? That decision point is actually an interesting is in, an interesting one. Uh, when do I transition from from moving the game along to, oh, hitting the brakes so that I can get the rest of my cards out? Mm-hmm. Because drawing from the middle yeah. hits the brakes since the draw pile is the timer on the game. When that last card is drawn. Game's over. Immediately. Done. Cities that are going to be found, they're now found. And any cities that aren't found are lost again in space. I think the thing that really helped for me in becoming better at this game was when you told me to, first of all, stop discarding so much stuff to the middle and to basically... I shouldn't have said that, by the way. I should have just kept that going. I won one time. Dear listener, I won one time since he said this. It's not like this was a major shift in our gameplay. But... It did make end up making it ultimately a pretty big difference because I started treating per your suggestion one of my own color stacks effectively as my discard pile. Yeah. To yes, aim for getting twenty points, but also not putting down a bunch of handshakes where I really want to, you know, grab at every possible one of those I can. I just need to hit twenty points. That's it. That's it. Yep. Just get that that discard color, the useless color. Get that up to 20, you can break even as long as you're doing something else useful with those turns that you're that you're spending putting that stuff into that pile. It's not going to get you any points. Yep. Lost Cities. Uh, I think we both like it. What do we think? Is it another one that we keep on our shelf? Uh, is it is it a is it a venerable one? Do we keep it forever? Or is it one of these that we, we like it, we play it until we're both kind of Lost Cities out and we need to, to clear the space off, give it to a friend or, or sell it? No, I think this one's a keeper. Okay, great. Well, then back on the shelf it goes. We will join the the legion of 350,000 people who have purchased this game uh, since it came out. It's great. Lost Cities, go ahead and buy it. Can't go wrong. Previously on Two Most Difficult... There will be no further attempts at any kind of Scottish accent. It'll be great! It'll be great! It'll be great! Well, Laura, here we are again. Another day. Another apology that I owe some wronged individual. Oh dear. What is it this time? Well, and by individual, I mean the entire region of Scotland. Again, for the egregious imitation. Egregious. Don't see, now you get to do it, but I don't. But I'm not bitter about it because I've, I've learned. I've learned the errors of my ways. I will not attempt a Scottish accent again, despite the fact that once again the fates are tempting us with another game from Herr Dr. Reiner Knizia called Schottentotten. Well, fortunately, Schottentotten is actually German, oh. even though there is another kilted Ooh. man <laughs> on <laughs> the packaging. Achtung, <laughs> baby. So perhaps you'd like to try your German accent. It ja. would be appropriate. Yeah, my German. A little German. Surely nobody will be offended by this. <laughs> Apology coming later. So... <laughs> Shot and totten. Yeah. I had to look this up. Oh. Means Yeah. Well, the Scots. Schotten is the is the German word for the Scots. Okay. And totten is kind of like chaos. Chaos. Scottish chaos. Let's Scottish go with that. That's uh that sums this game up pretty well. I think it does too. Shot and totten. 
as I said, by Reiner Knizia, with uh, delightful art by someone who goes only by the name Jib. I'm sure that is pronounced some way. I have no idea where to even start. I'm sure it's pronounced some way as well. <laughs> Jib or Dib or Dib. Maybe the J is silent. I don't know. Uh, that, that's an interesting name. That is what we are talking about now. Shot and Totten. Not how to pronounce Not DJIB. DJIB. Uh, I'm sure Jib is a very nice person. Jib makes very Certainly good. Certainly a talented artist. Very good art. Because this is definitely um, some chaotic Scots, I think. What is this game about? We've been rambling for about uh, ten and a half minutes now. So uh, what's this game about, Laura? This game is about having the better mini poker hand. Yeah. On your side of the... Battlefield. Yeah. And the battlefield is made up of exactly nine stones. No more, no fewer. And uh, and we are we are fighting over these stones. These these are my stones. You don't get to have them. And how do you win the stones, Paul? Well, you have a hand of six cards, and from that hand of cards, you will pick a stone, put a card there on your side of that stone, and then draw a card from the deck. And you keep doing that over and over again until a stone has three cards on both sides of it. And then you compare those three cards, and there's a hierarchy of poker hands. Uh, you've got from strongest to weakest, you've got your straight flush, your set of three, yeah, your flush, just yep. all the same color, yeah. whatever the total is, your straight, and then basically high card, except that it's adding up three cards. Yeah, some some of your cards. You almost never get to that. Maybe one or two, but most of the time you're angling for those straight flushes or those three of a kind. Um, that is the game. Uh, when When you claim a stone, you move it over to your side. It's possible to claim a stone if you can make the case that like there's no way you can beat it. But typically you don't do that until the very, very, very end, till the very near end. When enough other cards are revealed. Yeah. So unlike Haggis, yeah. all of the cards will come out. Yep, so, every single one. Yeah, so you do get to the end and you know exactly what your opponent has and you know you're <laughs> definitely not going to make that set of three fours yep. because it's not in your hand. So you know where it is. Yep. And it, <laughs> yep. So you have this kind of gentleman's agreement that you do near the end where you say, tell you what, I don't, I can't win this. You can't win that. Let's just save these last five minutes of hemming and hawing. These painstaking last few steps. Yep. Yes. So that's it. Uh, the, the, if you win the majority of the stones, you win the game. Most of our games are five to four. I don't know if we've ever had like a six to three or anything like that. It's almost always five to four. Yeah. A second victory condition that I've never seen happen, but I suspect is in there just as a kind of a, hey, dummy, don't let your opponent do this condition is uh, if you capture three stones adjacent to each other. One, two, three. Uh, We've never even come close to that. Certainly not unless it was also part of the normal wrapping up at the end anyway. Yep. I think I enjoy it. I think it's, it's really tense. It has definitely like a poker feel um, uh, without the betting, but just keep it close to your vest. Don't let your opponent know what you've got in your hand. By don't, don't play anything where it doesn't absolutely need to go. Because if your opponent knows that you've got a color run going somewhere, they're not even going to try to put anything in there. But if you can see that they've put two nines somewhere and you've got a color run, a straight flush, <laughs> that's where it goes that's where it's going definitely there's a lot of 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 
poking and tap dancing and, and kneeling until finally everything just starts coming out. Boom, 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 boom. And then you count it up. So like Lost Cities, yeah, it's a very simple play a card, draw a card, yeah. play a card, draw a card, very simple order of events. Yep. And like Lost Cities, you start by looking at your hand and thinking, what the heck am I going to do about this? <laughs> yeah. And now I've got to start committing things. Unlike Lost Cities, there's not a discard pile that you can contribute to. No. If you're playing a card, you're <laughs> contributing it to one of those stones that you're trying to win. Yep. So inevitably, you're going to have a trash stack or two. Yep. Definitely part of the game, as Paul said, is not tipping your hand, yep. not letting your opponent know if it's a color run that you're going for or just a run or a flush or anything, just not really revealing too much if possible. But you also don't want to take up all nine fields right away. No. Because sometimes you want to hang on to some things in your hands and, and just see if you get that third card that makes what's in your hand uh, unbeatable. I bet you, I bet you I can get that nine in the next, oh, four cards? Oh, maybe not. Uh, now what do I do? Uh, that's it. That's shot and totten. It's, it's quick. It comes in this tiny little box from, uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a yellow or yellow or e yellow. It's a yellow publishing. So many pronunciation questions in this one little box. I really should have done my research. Just consider that added value to the cost of this game. A little extra, little extra puzzle, a little extra research puzzle for you. Uh, and it has been printed many, many, many times. The oldest version I can think of was a game called Battle Line. I think you can still buy Battle Line with kind of some old Roman Battle Line spears and shields kind of thing. The thing about Shot and Totten is that it also comes with these 10 tactic cards. Tactic cards, little special abilities you can play with if you want to play with that variant. Instead of six cards, everyone has a hand of seven, but there's a second deck with 10 of these tactic cards things like wild cards and moving other cards around and taking cards from your opponent and and banishing cards of your opponents and that kind of stuff we played a couple of games with these tactic cards what do we think we don't love it no and not because it wasn't very fun to ruin your <laughs> color run right yeah oh man or even better to be able to steal one of your cards to make my own color uh, run just go get the salt shaker and just rub it right in there yeah, those. I mean, it's fun, but it will just throw a complete wrench yeah. in any plans. So it, much more stuff to account for, and it just creates such a large decision space for a game that really doesn't warrant it. Yeah, it really ground to a bit of a halt for us yeah. kind of midway through the game as we were working out what we were going to do. It's just too much of the too much of the Scottish chaos. Too much of the, <laughs> can't can't predict it. You don't know what's going to happen. Someone's going to get up there and be like, oh, oh, uh, nope, you thought I was going to do it. You thought I was going to do some kind of some barbarian Scottish war chant or something and make an idiot of myself again. <laughs> Not this time. Um, but the base game, uh, the base game is great. It does not take a lot of room on the shelf. That seems to be the theme for our games this episode. I think we're going to keep it. It's right there. Yep, definitely my favorite of these these three. It brings the best of Lost Cities. And Haggis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only problem I have with it is that it does take up a little bit of space for such a tiny game because you got to lay out all nine of those stones. So, you know, you're not going to be playing it on an airplane. Um, 
like uh, like you would escape plan or something like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but for for the price, it can't be beat. For the time you invest in, it can't be beat. And for the decisions per minute of gameplay, it's hard to beat. Shot and Totten, Scottish Chaos. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I need to get back to my bunker because I'm not sure the uh, Scottish accent police have stopped looking for me yet. Gotta go. Previously on Two Most Difficult. And that is what we are here to... to, to oh, God, I've gone the Russian. <laughs> I've gone the Russian. Such an easy slip. Oh. Paul. Paul. I'm over here, Paul. Oh, oh, yeah. Good. Good, you made it. Paul, why are we here in the secret Wegmans parking lot, and why don't you even have any groceries? I, I can't. I can't be here. But I gotta be here, because I gotta tell you... I don't trust Rob. Rob? Again with Rob? Why? I don't trust... I think I think he might be a spy. I ditched the Scottish accent police, but now the Russian accent police are after me, and I think he might be a spy. Because you think he turned you in? I think he's... I think I think they could show up at any minute, and, and I don't know what to do. How can I find out if someone's a spy? And if so... How can I be a better spy than them? Well, it sounds to me like you need to have a spy off. Ooh, a, a duel. A duel of spies. Okay, what do I got to do? Well, I think that maybe if you take these cards and basically play like a blackjack game against Rob, uh-huh. maybe you would find out who the real spy is by which one of you can take more <laughs> USB sticks and codes and barmaids. Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't understand. Find out who the real spy is. Are you saying that I could be the spy and I don't even know it? And I could learn that by playing a blackjack game? Eh. Eh. We'll find out in Compromat, Duel of Spies by Adam Porter and Rob Fisher. Rob. (laughs) Different Rob. These Robs. They all stick together. It's unfair. Artwork by Felix Kindelan. And there's one of those, uh, but, the, but the A in Kindelan has one of those, uh, what do they call that? Agave? Uh, Agreppo? The accent over the A. Egu? Egu. What's the other one? Grav. Gra- there you go. So it's the Egu over the A, Kindelan. And then uh, published by Helvetic Games. Compromat, Duel of Spies. It is a game about spy versus spy trying to figure out who the best spy is, rushing to grab that secret intelligence. Rushing to grab. <laughs> Pun very intended. Da. And uh, and the best way to resolve this spy conflict, this duel of spies, is through, uh, is through competing blackjack hands. Uh, it's a simple little, uh, I, you know, I would almost call, I guess it's a climbing game, kind of, in that blackjack itself is kind of a climbing game. But don't climb too much, or you'll or you'll go bust. Uh, and it also has a little bit of that shot and taunt flavor to it, where you're competing over things. Instead of nine stones, you're competing over four pieces of cool intelligence, sweet intelligence, useful intelligence. 
Scottish intelligence. No, there's none of that in this one. <laughs> Hold on, that's mean. Fortunately, you've got for an us apology. All. <laughs> you've got an apology coming to the Scottish people. I think. Let's talk a little bit about how it plays. Yeah, so I think you laid it out um, pretty well there when you mentioned that you're fighting over these cards that are set up at the beginning of each round, of which there are six, yep. between you and your opponent. So Laid out right in the middle of the table. Yep, just like Shot and Totten. The Shot and Totten's with the stones. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, very similar to lots of the games we've re- reviewed, actually, in this, yeah. in this episode. So in this case, we've got a draw deck. Yeah. So they are four random things from the top of the deck they basically fall into three different categories you have items which are worth one point and then also have a special ability like a one-time use Mm -hmm. except for the one that says that you can use anything a second time (laughs) sure yeah uh then there's also a little set collection piece so the cards that are part yeah the code and the the documents mm -hmm, that are part of a set collection yep you get one of them that's like two points but if by the end of the game you got three of them that's a whopping 12 Mm mm-hmm and the third category is basically just straight points, more than one point. It's like two through five, I think. Yeah. Uh, and there are things like, you know, the barmaid, the pursuit. Yeah. Um, people, like places, and things, maybe. Just straight up points. Nothing yep. fancy about it. Yep. So, uh, and then each player has their own deck of cards, which is two through ten, plus two, basically, aces. They're worth one or 11 points. And a point five. And I think there are three sevens. Yeah, three sevens in there too. Yep. And what you'll be doing is playing a little game of blackjack on each side of the card. And yeah. whoever gets closer to 21 without busting wins that card. You will always draw straight from the top of your deck. You will have to reveal the first one that you draw when you choose which card you want to play it to. And you decide whether or not you want to keep drawing so yeah when you play your first card face up everybody knows what that is your next cards are secret for only you first card going down i'm gonna oh it's a four and i'm gonna assign it to the barmaid Mm -hmm. boom there you go and then obviously you would choose to draw again because it's a four yeah unless i was really bad at blackjack which i am but not that bad And then any other draws you have would be private to you, including if you bust. As soon as you make the decision to draw, you must play that card. Yeah. Can't look at it and go, no, wait, I changed my mind. No, as soon as you draw that top card and and look at it, you have to play it to where you were in this example where you put that four. And, And so then you just keep making that decision. Do I hit myself or do I, do I, do I pass? Um, and then, yeah, if you bust, you have to keep that poker face. That blackjack face, that compromat face, and 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 put that busted card down, and then pass, as if you didn't just ruin your shot with the barmaid. Mm-hmm. And that is important that yeah. you don't reveal it with your face, because or then, any part of your body, really. No stamping your feet, snapping your hands, right. gnashing of teeth, mm-hmm. as one does. You'd be a yeah. terrible poker player. <laughs> so, I am, but not for that reason. <laughs> It is important that you don't reveal it, though, because especially if it's if you've played somewhere where your opponent has yet to play, yeah, they could come in behind you, and be like, "I'm pretty sure that you busted because I saw yep. that flying snaps thing you were doing, <laughs> and uh, I'm just gonna stop at four. Yeah. So, um, but the other part of it is there's a bit of card counting because you know exactly what your hand contains in total, and sometimes you will go through your whole deck and you'll know exactly what's left. Sometimes you will have five cards left and you'll know that 
three of them will bust you, but two of them won't. Do you draw? I could look in the rules right here and see if how much of it is allowed. Like, can you look at the stuff you've already put down? But those kinds of things I find are things you can adapt and, and house rule when you're just playing with someone else. You mentioned that you don't want to bust. Now, I disagree because I don't know about you, but busting makes me feel good. In this game, though, <laughs> you don't want to bust because if you do, you gain a notoriety token. And those are these little exclamation marks on these black tokens here. By themselves, at the end of the game, they'll give you one point. That's fun, right? But if you ever get nine or more of them, you immediately lose the game. So you don't want to get too many of them, so you don't want to bust too much. And there's another way you can get them as well. There's a fifth type of card we didn't tell you about. Dear listener, ha <laughs> it's a twist. Buried in that deck of, of cards that you're fighting over, uh, there's also counterintelligence cards. And when those come out, they get put down, and the next, uh, what the game calls mission card to come out, sits right on top of that. I'm looking at a couple of counterintelligence cards. Here's one that with two notoriety symbols on it, which means uh, the next mission card that come out of that deck gets put on top of that. Yeah, sure, you might win that mission card, but you also get two notoriety symbols with it. So is it really worth trying to to really actually win the barmaid for two points if it's going to come with two notoriety symbols too? I don't know. That's an exercise best left to the dear listener. But if you manage to come in at just under the nine at the end of the game, ideally you want eight. You want to get right to the eight and then stop. For maximum points. Indeed. Uh, and, and I have yet to do that. Um, also, we have yet to actually lose by getting nine of these. It's... Mm-hmm. You kind of have to to really screw up to get nine. Um, so the only way you'd probably end up with nine is if you just if you fly too close to the sun and and try to get those seven or eight and then just push it. But there's items that can let you remove some if you manage to hit twenty one exactly um, on one of those mission cards when you reveal at the end when when everyone turns over to see what you actually played. If you hit twenty one, then you can choose to get rid of one of your notoriety tokens if you want. But, but that's never really been something in, in our game. Really what it comes down to is um, who's getting these mission cards, really who's getting those sets, the code and the documents. You really don't want to let your opponent get those. But at the end of the round, you reveal your cards going down the line from mission card to mission card. Reveal the cards on each side of this one. Compare it, see who gets it. Now you turn over the cards in this one. Compare them, see who gets it. Uh, until you've gone through all four. Then uh, you deal out another set of four mission cards and do it all over again. You do that a total of six times, and then whoever has the most points at the end wins. What do we think? So I'm going to start with a few things that I like about it. Okay. And then just start swearing up a storm. Should I have my finger on the button? (laughs) The truth (laughs) is I don't have that strong feelings about this game. Okay. But here are some things that I like about it, and then I will share some things that I don't like about it. Yeah. And they'll all be pretty temperate. Yeah. (laughs) So things that I like about it include very strong aesthetic. Yeah. Art, a great art style. Yep. It's all uh, blue, orange, black and white, very graphic, good design. Yeah. Just looks sharp. I also like the little bit of a twist on a classic blackjack with, the point five in there yeah. is really fun. Yep, because you could you could be like, I'm at seventeen. Oh, she's at seventeen point five. Yeah, yeah. So that part's fun. I also I like the special abilities and the 
minor amount of chaos that they can bring into the mix. Yeah. You um, really, you chaos the heck out of me a couple of times. And I still lost. <laughs> so like, here's some examples of things that you can, that you can do with these one point item cards. Yeah. There's one called the GPS tracker, which says return your last drawn card to the top of your deck, even if you busted. Uh, then there's the newspaper. Place this card on one of your opponent's unrevealed missions to add plus three to the total for that mission. Great. That's when you, great. Yeah. Pretty sure that your smug opponent there has <laughs> just hit 19 or sure. something pretty sweet or 21. Even better to, to steal that. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, the drone. I like this one, too. Uh, reveal all of your opponent's cards from one mission. So when you see somebody yep. kind of laying out there really thinking about whether or not they want to choose another card and you just dying to know that that one that they decided to go for busted them or not. Great opportunity. So then you know when you need to stop, when you go to approach it yourself. So lots of fun things you can do with the items. Yeah, the items are great. Uh, they do add that chaos Man, if you forget about them, it can really just punch you right in the gut. <laughs> oh, no. I forgot that she had that newspaper. Yeah, I would definitely recommend when you're playing this for the first time that you read aloud what all yeah. the abilities are as they are laid out in the middle of the table so yeah. that when somebody does get the one that adds three to your total, you're at least aware that that's something that might happen to yeah. you. Uh, you covered all the things I like as well. The art is sharp. The items are interesting and they do fun things and add that little bit of chaos. Uh, but what I, what I want to say about this game, my main, my main issue with it is that I don't feel like I'm dueling you. I feel like I'm playing four individual blackjack hands uh, with the same deck, hoping that I get as high as possible on all four of them. At no point in the games that we played, did I ever look across the table and say, hmm, she's got a four with two cards there. Let me math it out real quick and find out what her minimum and her maximum are. I mean, I maybe I could have, but we would have been sitting here for two hours playing this little, this little game, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's not fun. It's not fun for me, not fun for you. It's not fun for, well, I guess it's just me and you and the cat. <laughs> um, but but that's that's the the biggest hang up I have with the game is that I don't really feel like we're dueling. I feel like uh, shot and totten. We are definitely dueling. We are definitely fighting it out over these stones, and any stone you get is a victory. Whereas in this game, it's very easy to just get all four missions. Okay, well, maybe not that easy. You'd have to be pretty bad to bust all four times. I've done the calculations, and it is mathematically impossible for anyone to bust on all four missions. Even you, Paul. But I wasn't really feeling that I had outplayed you. I felt like I had just gotten lucky. So you're saying your win wasn't as satisfying, and that's one of the reasons that you don't like this game? <laughs> I'm saying that if I can't feel like I have bested you mentally, then then I'm not interested. Yeah, mm. yeah, maybe that's what mm. I'm saying. Anyway, it's cute. It's nice. It's got a nice, sharp art style. And if you really, really like Blackjack... Then, then maybe that counts for something. But for me, I don't really think it's something that if we're itching to play a two-player game that I'm going to bust out. It's the exact same box size as these other games we've been playing, and I'm much more likely to want to play something like that. How does that sound to you? I think you summed up perfectly well exactly what I would say about my criticisms of this game. Yeah. Well, that's Compromat. Um, it, it, you know, we've had enough people walking by us here in this 
secret Wegmans parking lot, wondering what the heck we're doing. Uh, but hey, at least I, I think I've gotten away from the Russian accent police. I think, I think I'm finally in the clear. Um, pretty much uh, nothing can ruin my day now. Previously on Two Most Difficult. A little German, surely nobody will be offended by this. Uh, uh, okay, well, I guess, uh, I guess I'll see you in a Home Depot parking lot somewhere. <laughs> Once I go move in with Anne, hopefully she's not a German spy. Well, Laura, I think this is a first, a two most difficult first. We are recording this segment of the show from a Home Depot parking lot out here in... The place where we live. The place where we live, suburban Massachusetts. It's weird. Don't worry about it. You hear the sound of nail guns in the background. It's <laughs> As you do in the <laughs> Home Depot parking lot. in the parking lot of Home Depot, yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, but we've done it. I think we've established that anything you can do I can do better. With these games, I think that that is, unfortunately for me, by and large, the truth. Yeah, we could, we could, on a list of top 10 episodes of Two Most Difficult, I think this one's going to be, going to be right up there, <laughs> uh, because it definitely features games that I think I'm better than you at, which is such sweet, sweet vindication. I'm just glad we contained it all into one episode, <laughs> so I never <laughs> so have to experience the shame again. Box it up and put it away. <laughs> So th- those are those are our, our games, our our climbing games, or our kind of our one upman one upmanships games, and uh, this is the part where we would thank you for honoring us with your ears. But first, but Bum, first, da-da. we must thank you for honoring us with your emails. Yes, thank you for writing in to yeah. win our copy of Agricola. You know, when we did this, I was like, no one's gonna write in. And people wrote in. It was very nice of them. And they wrote in really nice, thoughtful emails, which thank you so much. We really honestly enjoyed reading them aloud to each other. Yeah. And writing responses to you. So thank you again for for listening, for telling us what you like about the show and offering some feedback. And also for taking our copy of Agricola. Yeah, it has been mocking me for the last couple of weeks, staring at me. From the shelf. So we took all the names mm-hmm. uh, of the people who sent us mails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to put them into a hat, but we didn't have a hat. So I went out and I bought this uh, stovepipe hat uh, right here. So we're, we're throwing them into this hat right now. And I'm here I go. I'm rustling, rustling, rustling. There's not really a hat. Rustling. What are you doing? Why are you giving them a peek behind Radio Magic? <laughs> They don't know that. <laughs> Is this the, the sound of a hat right now? Russell, Russell, Russell. <laughs> Here we go. And we're drawing out a name. And the name that we have drawn out is one Joe K. Joe K sent us a very nice email. Keep up the great podcasting. It's already become my number one board gaming podcast. And I realize now that people might think that that might have influenced our decision. I guarantee you it did not. We drew that name out of this stovepipe hat, and there we go. Uh, Favorite episode, the one where you went over Fox in the Forest. I've been considering picking these up, and your review and opinions really hit on what I was looking for. Well, I'm hoping that what you were looking for was the outrageous comedy stylings of Paul and Laura. 
entertaining you while also informing you about games because that is our mission statement. That is I did here. think it was very interesting, actually, that Joe K did not mention whether or not he purchased ultimately <laughs> Fox <laughs> and the Force. So I thought, it, were we helping you to decide that you yeah. feel the exact opposite that we do from games? And it, therefore, it does say, I've been, considering, I've been considering <laughs> picking these up and your review and opinions hit on what I was looking for. Yeah, maybe what you were looking for was not these games and you decided not to get them. I don't know. I'm going to assume that Joe K did. That Joe K went out and bought both of them right away because then that makes us influencers. Mm-hmm, which is everything we'll, we ever wanted to be. We'll be taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Joe, we really hope that you enjoy Agricola. Yeah. We'll be reaching out to you. We will not rely on you necessarily to be hearing this episode right now. To notify that you have won. By the time you hear this, you will have already been notified. Don't worry about it. We've got you covered. And so I think what we need to do now is close out the show. Unless, Laura, do you have anything else you'd like to say? No, that face was just, let's close out the show face. Great. Well, then <laughs> I'm going to leave that part of this out. And I'm going to say we close out the show. And say, once again, dear listener, thank, thank you, you for, for honoring us. us with your ears. But the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. Thought she was a goner, but the cat came back. She She just just wouldn't wouldn't stay stay away. away.